Hey everybody, how are you? Good evening. It's Jeff Jones of Solid Canine Training. Thanks for joining in with us. Really, really appreciate it. Let's see if uh, Linda's got sound. Let's make sure she can hear everything. I don't have video yet. Um, just re-do whatever. Thanks for joining us tonight. This is our, our weekly Q&A. Can you hear me? It's our weekly Q&A. Yep, can you hear me? So we're live. All right, awesome. All right, here we go, guys. Um, hello, everybody on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Google, and we're on a bunch of other platforms. So YouTube, obviously, YouTube Live. Thank you so much. Great to be here. If you're brand new to my world, if you're brand new to my show, this is my weekly Q&A show. Lately, I've been doing it twice a week. I'm shooting for 7.30 Eastern Standard Time every Monday. I'm doing it again on Saturday, which is tonight. So we've been pretty consistent for a couple of weeks. Um, depending on my on my travel schedule, though, um, next weekend I'm going to be in Seattle doing a seminar, which is was sold out. And then we were able to um, knew we had more space, so we actually opened up more audit spots. So if you're in the Seattle area, with if you're within 300 miles of Seattle, it's we have people coming down from Canada, up from California. Um, people fly in and drive in from all over the place to go to these seminars. It's the one of the first ones I've done in the um, uh, in the Pacific Northwest. So we're really excited about that. It's a um, nice large space. So you go to rvdogtrainer.com, rvdogtrainer.com for that. If you have any questions, um, you're going to want to make sure that you um, put in your questions. You can do that right where it says say something. A lot of people are like, how do I put in a question? It's like where it says say something, say something. Um, if you're brand new to my world, I often talk, you'll hear me talk about punishment a lot. One of the things we do a lot of is we... Um, stop unwanted behaviors. We stop unwanted behaviors. So uh, most of my show is people will ask me, how do you stop? And then my dog can doing this, fill in the blank. The only way to stop an unwanted behavior is, is through punishment. Now we have to start educating the public about what proper effective punishment is. Punishment is not an abuse. That's a story that is being told. It started about 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, um, that it is, but it's not. Um, the only way you can inhibit, extinguish, stop a behavior is through punishment. The only way you can get more of a behavior that you want is through a reward. And 90% of our day is reward-based, and 10% of our day is punishment-based. Um, but this show tends to be punishment-heavy. So <clears throat> here we go. Linda. Uh, bad Shoddy. Hi, love to see you guys. I just got a four-month Mastiff puppy. When can I start training? He constantly cries in his crate. Thank you. So the, congratulations. You, it's going to be, a, just let you know, you got your work cut out for you. Also remember how big that dog is going to be. Um, you start training the minute you bring the dog home. Literally, the minute you bring the dog home. I don't expect a four-month-old puppy to, um, uh, you know, have an incredible off-leash recall around distractions, be able to do, do long dog downs or, or place. But start by shutting the dog up, number one. Start with a proper bathroom cycle. So what you, I want you to do is I want you to have a bathroom routine. And you put you have a slip lead. Put a slip lead around the dog's neck. You have it wait at the door that you're going out of. Just don't say wait. That's just a default thing. Then you go to a potty spot. Have them go to the potty. If you want to use a clicker, we use clickers to train. Um, you can click and you can reward. And then you come back inside. No play afterwards. No play before. We're going potty. Get to know your dog's schedule. It'll take you a couple of days to do that. You put your dog on a schedule. Um, and then if the dog is crying in the crate and you know it doesn't have to go to the bathroom, you can bang on the crate. Um, you can hit the top of the crate. You can take the food bowl, use a pet convincer, which is compressed air, 
compressed air. You can use a bonker, which you would say no, bonk the dog, um, bonk the crate. A lot of people are going to say, don't do that. The dog will have a negative association with the crate. That's the biggest bunch of bullshit in the world. They'll say, you're going to instill fear in the dog. No, you won't. They'll say, you won't have a good relationship with the dog. You won't have a good relationship with that dog because you won't own that dog if you don't stop unwanted behaviors. And crying in the crate. Now, if the dog has been crying since it got home constantly, hopefully you'll take it to the vet anyway. No matter what, it should have already had at least one vet checkup. I don't care if it's already been to the vet prior to you. You got to take it to the vet to make sure it's healthy. Bring in a stool sample. Um, but, you know, if it's sick and in pain, that's one thing. But 99.9% .9 of puppies, when I say puppy, I'm talking like, you know, five months and under, they cry. So start out with that. Next. And then um, all your training is going to be with the dog's daily meals. Use kibble to train your dog. Literally have the dog do everything for its meals. Don't even have it eat out of the bowl. So you're not feeding it out of your hand. You're actually physically training the dog. Next. Uh, hi, I love you both. From Josh. Oh, we love you too. Love you too. Jake. Hey, Jeff, sometimes I like to get a little rowdy with my dogs and play rough. Oftentimes they will play bite or mouth around with me. Should I allow this or should teeth on humans never be accepted? So I'm not a big fan of teeth on humans, but we can make a couple of rules for this. Number one, you know, I want you to be able to start it and stop it whenever you want. So you don't, they don't start the rough house. You start the rough house. Um, number two, they're not to do it with anybody else ever. Number three, um, if they put their mouth on you at any other time, that's not allowed. But I'm not a big advocate of a dog putting its mouth on you. Um, I play tug with my dogs. I do bite work with my dogs. I play rock. I, I, I throw my throw a ball with my dogs. I don't really wrestle with my dogs. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't wrestle with Angelo either or any of my kids, you know, but I get it. I understand it. Just be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you want. Make sure you got to really make sure there's rules to it. So I know a bunch of MMA fighters. They've never been in a fight outside the ring. So, you know, just because you're, you know, Fighting in the ring, that doesn't mean you're in a fight outside the ring. If anything, you actually fight less because you have nothing to prove and you know you can kick someone's ass, so you actually don't need to. Um, that's at least the philosophy of a lot of folks that actually know how to fight. Um, unless you've got a temper, then you fight. Um, so next. Uh, Holly, she says, yay, I made it. Taking a break from super hot yard, hot yard work. Howdy from Arizona. You your, what kind of yard work are you doing? Moving rocks and sand around? You live in, you live in Arizona. What kind of freaking yard work could you possibly be doing? Well, good. I'm glad you took a break. Next. It's too hot out. Yeah. Nathan. Hey, I have a seven-month-old golden retriever, and he always urinates when people come over to the house. How do I stop this? Um, I'd say become a hermit. You know, become a hermit. Um, don't bathe for a long time. Uh, people stop coming over the house, and then problem solved. Um, if you don't want to do that, what you can do is start obedience training your dog. So we... We have dogs that have excitement pee and nervous pee, and we don't address the pee issue, but it goes away through our training program. Why? Because we work on controlling the dog's arousal. When I mean arousal, that doesn't mean we can't play chucking or frisbee with the dog, but it means in the house, number one, no high driving stuff, no excitement stuff. Right now, I want everything to be neutral, even when people are not there. So you can't just do it when people are there. Dogs will excitement pee at the sight of a human being. So what I want you to do is, when, when even when nobody's there, I want you to do a lot of structured obedience, work on duration, place, okay? Um, and then when people come over, and right now, you have to, especially seven months old,
right now what I want you to do is make sure that like your dog is always calm in place. No excited greetings. And don't let anybody get the dog all riled up. All right. You start patterning that, patterning that, patterning that. It just organically just goes away. Next. But they don't grow out of it. It's, this is training. Next. Next one's from Nicole. Hey, Jeff and Linda, you guys rock. Thank you. Uh, first time seeing you guys live. I recently found your channel and can't stop watching. Love your philosophy. Awesome, Nicole. Thanks, Nicole. Nicole, we're in love with you. It means a lot to me personally that you follow us, follow me, follow my training center, follow the staff. Um, I'm glad that you that we're resonating with you. Um, and for others, too, um, uh, for the people that actually like are, are don't like what I have to say, that's that's typical. Um, or on the fence, that's typical. Um, it really doesn't matter um, to me. With folks that are struggling with their dog, in a way, there's almost no excuse anymore. In 2018, with all the social media out there, there's really no excuse to stop almost every basic bad behavior your dog has um, and have a, an obedient dog. All that information is out there for free. So I'm going to continue putting out massive amounts of content um, just just because I believe in giving, 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 giving. Next. Um, Susan, how do you pre-qualify clients? Um, Susan, that's a good question. Um, that's a, You might want to jump onto my Patreon page for that. My Patreon page, patreon.com slash solid canine training, patreon.com. Uh, slash solid canine training. Reason is, is because I do Skypes. I do business consulting. I mean, that's that's actually how I get paid. You know, I actually do this advice for 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 for, for business consulting for, for a fee. Um, what what you want to start doing is we have a um, we make our all of our methods and our philosophy transparent. So how we train, the tools we use, what our philosophy is. We don't hide anything. I don't talk on my website with any like. We use science-based, which is a bunch of bullshit, first of all. Anybody that says they use science-based stuff is, is full of shit. Um, we use science-based, the latest in science-based to, you know, treat each dog like an individual dog. It's like, okay, there's only so many ways to freaking train a behavior and to stop a behavior. Give me a break, guys. Um, and then um, if someone's not down with our tools, well, then don't hire us. Um, all of our prices are on our website. Um, if you're not down with our prices, we're not cheap. Well, then don't don't hire us. Um if we hear any, if we don't think that you will be successful, that's the big thing. We pre we pre we pre qualify humans. We can train the dog. We can train any dog. I deal with man eaters, dog killers. Um, um, we can train any dog. It's the human. It's not our job as dog trainers to train the dog and then leave the dog to you. It's our dog to obviously do a lot of the hard work at first train you to do what we've been doing, but you don't need to become a dog trainer to do it. That's why we try to make it as easy as possible. And if we feel that you've got a dog with, um, if you're not going to be successful, then we're not down with it because we want you to be successful. We don't just want, you know, here's it. But meanwhile, we are running a business. It costs me, I've got a staff and my staff is actually growing. I bring two more people and I've got a 15,000 square foot facility and, you know, we've got a lot of expenses. So I do need revenue. But it's more important to me to be as successful as I can with, with, with clients. Um, so if somebody's like, if I don't feel that if they've got a really a dog with massive behavioral issues and there's an emotional, um, too much emotional, dis not enough emotional disconnect to separate from what needs to be done to how they probably are going to do it, I'm not going to be down with that because they're going to fail. They're going to fail. So if you've got a challenging dog and you're using too much of your heart, not enough of your head, they're probably going to fail. They're probably going to fail. So that's just a couple of the reasons why. Next. 
Um, this one's from Holly. How do you prevent separation anxiety? Brother and sister, eight-month-old golden laps starting to show signs. So you got they got sibling dogs. You're going to have a host of problems with those dogs. Um, so what they should be doing right now is make sure they're crated separately. Um, they can even crate them in separate rooms if they want to at night. Work them separately. Also work them separately. Have one in a crate, work the other dog separately. If that other dog is starting to show any nonsense, shut it down immediately, vice versa. When they go for walks, if there's two, two adults or two humans that can walk them, have one of the humans walk you know, way out in front and then have the other human like a little bit further back. No nonsense, no pulling, no whining about that. Um, and stop the separation anxiety right now. You know, so stop it by like not allowing them to have it. Separation anxiety, I believe, is reinforced by humans almost 100% of the time. I actually don't believe in, you know, we're able to get rid of it usually within a couple of hours to a couple of days. In extreme cases, it might take us a couple of weeks. And when I say extreme, it's like extreme, and those are rare. Maybe three to four dogs a year that come in that, that are like, holy shit, man, we're pulling out all the tricks. Next. This one's from Josh. My one-year-old GSD has gotten better at his leash reactivity. However, he still barks back at dogs on the other side of my neighbor's fences. Dogs are on both sides of the street, so they are unavoidable. So the beginning, um, at the beginning, Josh, what I want you to do is if you're using remote collar, um, prong collar, what I want you to do is at the beginning of the walk, I want you to, um, any scanning the dog has, any scanning, it could be just a timing issue, um, any scanning, I want you to stop. So you can stop that with a remote collar and start with the leash correction. We don't allow scanning. Um, at the beginning of your walks, make sure your dog is in follow mode. Follow mode means they're behind you and they're not aroused. I don't want your dog aroused at all in all the walks. So I want your dog to be puffed up, ears out, you know, looking like this, like you would see in a competition. So we don't, we're, we're family pet dog trainers. Um, make sure your timing of your punishers are pre-arousal, pre-arousal. All the nonsense you hear online about, oh, then your dog will have a negative association. It's like bullshit. No, your dog already has a negative association. What you're going to do is you're going to create, you know, you're going to you're going to put a stop to the reactivity. Is what you're going to put a stop to. That's what you're going to do. You're going to put an inhibition to the reactivity, which is what you want. Next, Robin. Hey, Robin. Hello. When correcting for whining, do you say no and then correct, or just correct? Um, either or. I mean, I, I mean, because sometimes if the dog's whining in a crate and it has a remote collar on and I'm not in the room, I'm just going to push a button. I'm not going. I'm not going to go in the room and say no. I'm not going to scream no. So whining consequence, bark consequence. Getting up on the counter, consequence. Next. Uh, this is from Bad Shoddy. Yes, he is very healthy. Okay, good. So then just shut it down. Yep. Josh? Yep. Also, when I jog, both my dogs, I don't give them a heel command, and I allow them to walk freely because we jog and aren't going on a structured walk. That wouldn't hurt their structured walk, right? No, it wouldn't. But if you want to practice midway through, put them into a heel, and then and then switch that to something else, you can. It won't hurt it at all. You could also do, like, you can also do competition heel, which, by the way, if you're doing competition heel with your dog, make sure you take your dog to a chiropractor. It actually is not good for their necks to have their head up like that. So um, if you've ever woken up with, you know, on a pillow wrong or had your, you know, being on a computer keyboard for a while, so it's not a natural movement for a dog. So what you want to do is make sure your dog goes to a chiropractor. But you can have rules. You can have rules. Next. Robin. When you take any new reactive dog, do you start them off with bark collars when they are in their kennels? Only if they're barking in their kennels. Sometimes the first day, the first night, first day, night, the dog might have to have a bark collar on. During the day, it would have a remote collar on. But we usually shut it down instantly, literally within minutes, within minutes. Next. 
Okay, here's a different robin. Is it okay to use leave it for not touching things and also to drop things, or should I have two separate commands? Um, I don't use the word leave it. I, I don't encourage people to have two separate commands. I, I prefer to people have as little as, you know, as minimal commands as you can. Um, so leave it, to me, leave it means don't touch it now, but at some point you can. So if it's like a candy wrapper, I wouldn't say leave it. I would say no, and I'd give a pretty good correction. I would never want my dog to pick up a candy wrapper. If it's like, well, I think people overuse leave it. That's the problem. But those are just words, though. It's no big deal. If your dog leaves it alone, who gives a shit, right? It works. Um, so that's up That's up to you. That, I use the word out for, so I use the word out to drop something. Okay, so out. I use that for, to drop anything that I want them to drop. So if it's something they're not supposed to have, I would use the word no, and it'd be a correction. If it's like the tug, an arm sleeve, um, a ball, um, I would use the word out. Um, if it's something I don't want them to have, I would use the word no. Next. Uh, this one's from CLW4. My dog is a six-month-old German Shepherd, and he jumps on me and my wife. How do I stop okay. it? Okay, let's stop it today. Let's stop it literally today. I've got a video on my um, YouTube page. On my YouTube page, just right in the right in the search box, put how to stop jumping. It's a video, and I show it with a leash correction. You can do it with either a very firm leash correction, or you can do it with a remote collar, shock collar, if you're not familiar with them. Um, does it hurt? Yeah, it's supposed to. Your dog is going to end up, dog is going to end up harming somebody. The worst injuries that I've ever seen have been from jumping dogs. People are breaking bones from jumping dogs. It's also very rude. I also don't believe I'm working on it. All right, this is not attacking you. I'm never mad at anybody. I'm intense. This, oh, we're working on stopping jumping. No, you're not. That's like you're saying, I'm working on stopping drinking. No, you're not. You're either a drinker or a non-drinker, a smoker or a non-smoker. You either are a jumping dog or a non-jumping dog. It's black or white. So we want to totally eliminate jumping 100%. So you have to use a pretty firm punisher to do that. And how you do it is with ideally a remote collar and you make it suck. All the stuff you, that you hear about from a lot of other people are like, teach the dog to sit. No, turn your back. Never, ignore the dog. Really? So how many times do we ignore the dog before it gives up? No. You're going to let that dog jump on me? Your dog will jump on me one time. I'm not going to ignore your dog. And it's, it's rude. And you know it's rude, but that's why you're here. But I just want to make sure that everybody understands my philosophy that, like, that's like stopping, stop, you know, stopping biting. Teach the dog to sit. No. Ignore the biting until it goes away. Uh, no. Jumping is just as bad, in my opinion. It really, really is. Dogs are surrendered at shelters for jumping. Dogs fail temperament tests at shelters for jumping. They kill dogs at shelters for jumping. That is a failure of a temperament test. Same temper tem temperament test they use for resource guarding. It's right there, which is sad because it literally takes it takes three seconds to stop a dog from jumping, and it takes longer to teach a dog to properly sit. Next. Oh, this one's from Holly. Putting sod in so the dogs don't burn their butts during training. Oh. LOL. From them when we got close. Should I have corrected him? He's never been reactive on leave. Um, you know, you could have corrected your dog, but me, I freaking throw, start throwing shit at your neighbor's dogs. If anybody has a hard time with that, and those, I don't care if they're small or big, like it's it's a, it's a safety risk. One of those little dogs comes and chases, runs into your dog's mouth. It's your fault. You know, you'll be blamed, even though your dog was on a leash. So, um, 
what I would do is, you know, I, if my dogs reacted to a dog that was five to 10 feet away, yeah, I would correct it. If an off-leash dog came and ran at me and my first instinct is to neutralize, neutralize the threat, um, dogs are killed on walks. Just remember that. Um, maybe not, you're not, you're no one's experienced that, but we, we, we get the phone calls. Um, but if my dog was to be, be reactive to a charging off-leash dog, literally charging at us, um, if it got close enough, I dropped my, I, hell, I dropped my dog's leash. I'm not going to be stupid. You know, I'm not going to let my dog be an easy target. Um, so little yapping dogs or any yapping dog, nobody gets a free pass because you're six pounds, you know, nobody. So, you know, Sure, yes, correct it, but don't don't beat yourself over it. It's no big deal. Next. <clears throat> this one's from Jake. Are dogs that get into fights or scuffles more likely to have it happen again? Have you noticed any behavior differences in dogs that have been attacked? Absolutely, sure. Yeah, but not this kind. Well, once they taste blood, they're always going to want blood. That's bullshit because we've had dogs that have had one fight, and we've stopped it, though, from ever happening again. Um, we also have dogs that have never gotten into a fight for the first eight years of their life. And they get into a fight for the first time. Um, so, you know, are they are they more apt to it? I think anytime a dog can practice a behavior, they're more apt to repeat it. Also, if the punisher was if the punisher didn't exist or wasn't strong enough, they're more apt to repeat it. Um, dogs that also a good way for a dog to become leash reactive is to be attacked by an off leash dog, or in a dog park. That's usually how dogs start. That's usually the gateway drug into leash reactivity. Is uh, they were attacked at a dog park or they were attacked mm -hmm. by an off-leash dog and then they felt threatened and their owner couldn't advocate them because they didn't know how, how to and they didn't have the resources or the training or the knowledge to do so. So um, dogs, yeah, dogs can be really skittish around dogs that have been attacked. Wouldn't you be? If you were walking down the street and somebody walked up to you and punched you, wouldn't you be a little bit concerned right now? And if that person that punched you had a certain look. Herm Springer, but without not good. So should I use the prong all the time now? Would love to use a standard collar. So what's your idea? Use, use, well, for all your walks, standard collars are not for training. Remember that. So my, I'm in no rush to get dogs off tools. Why? I want your life to be better. I want your life to be better. The one time you're going to need it, you're not going to have it. Now, for off-leash stuff, you don't need a prong collar. They don't work because the dog's off-leash. That's why we remote collar train all the dogs till they're under voice control. Um, but on a walk, keep using the prong collar. It's not a sign of failure. It's not a sign of failure at all. I mean, all collars are punishers. So, you know, flat buckle collar. But if you want to do it because the, the public's impression of the prong collar is mean and abusive and you're uncomfortable, then cover it up with a, cover it up with a bandana or something. But we're, we are not in a rush. We encourage everybody, use the tools, keep using them because they work. Next. <clears throat> this one's from AJ. What are ways to build dog's confidence? Dog is shy and scared when seeing people and dogs on walks. So number one, um, again, obedience training in general. Holding your dog in accountable in general builds confidence. Bottom line, um, working on your dog on um, different um, heights of things getting it to climb up on things, downing in public, um, getting it around different environmentals, um, doing agility stuff, doing trick training stuff, um, uh, teaching your dog how to swim. Uh, but just even obedience all increases the confidence. Also, watch out on your affection. Take your, we over give our, excuse me, we over affectionate our dogs in this country. And unfortunately, a lot of these dogs, it turns them into just fearful, nervous dogs. 
Yep, it does. Our overaffection turns dogs into fearful, nervous dogs. And that blows people's minds when I say that, but I'm like, after thousands of dogs, we're probably up to 5,000 now. Um, it's like, well, I see it all the time. I see it all the time. Next. This one's from Kathy. Hey, Kathy. Submissive peeing triggered by lots of things, including being petted, touching its collar, guiding it with a flat collar or a slip lead. She walks well on leash. Do you have a protocol? Yeah, submissive peeing. I, I, I answered this question a little bit earlier about, about excitement peeing as well. So obedience the heck out of your dog. So we don't address it directly, but the shrapnel effect of our, of our training program usually stops it. And a lot of it is by be careful getting watch your affection, no high pitched voices, no, no too much praise, no over, over affection. Right now, maybe withhold affection. And you can give affection in a lot of different ways. You can give affection by just saying good. You can give affection by throwing a ball, give affection by playing tug, give affection by just like going places with your dog. So right now you have to withhold the triggers, but you're not going to avoid them forever. And then train up your dog. And then a lot of the stuff you can start adding back in, adding back in. But nobody had a dog to never pet it. So of course not. But right now your dog needs help. So let's advocate for it next. We have a super duper question for $1.99. We'll take it. Josh. Oh. I'm using an e-collar and prong. We'll do All right. thank you. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, thank yeah Josh, did, he did a, um, he hit the dollar sign right there. You can make a donation to our date night. Um, we just joke about that, but no, we, we actually use uh, that money for date no night. No joke. Right, next. Uh, this one's from Holly. Thanks, we're working on crating tomorrow. We did swimming Friday, and that's when I noticed it, even though they were separated. So we'll get right on that. Owner's totally on board. Great, awesome. Oh, and the two sessions so far I've had with him were only an hour each working on time management and boundaries. Howie, I'm proud of you. Thanks. Okay, next. Trusted canine training. Yep. Hi, guys. I have been getting bashed for the training tools I use from Pure Positive and have been watching your videos for support to keep me motivated. Thank you for everything you guys put out. Cool. So, so trusted canine training, welcome to my world. I've been doing it for 12 years. I was, and this is not an ego statement. I've been putting this stuff out there before people even like were admitting they were using the tools. Even five, six years ago, people were still hiding behind, you know, bullshit stuff and they weren't admitting they were using the tools. So I've already put it out there. The haters have been around for a long time. They're not from Pure Positive people. They're from mean people. Got it? They're from mean people. They're using the dog. Okay. This is the psychology behind these folks. Angry, hateful people are using dogs that they love and care about dogs as a excuse to spew hate towards you. Okay. Does that make sense? It's not because they don't like the tools. It's because they're angry, hateful people. So what do you do? Never defend yourself, ever. I get hate, I get hate, I get hate. I get death threats, um, I, get, I get hate, I get emails, I get phone calls when I have my radio show, all my advertisers work, all my advertisers got calls. Every place I do a seminar, all the venues get calls. How could you let that asshole abusive dog trainer in your place? I get it all. Guess what? I'm doing pretty well. Why? I don't give the time of freaking day to any of these folks, all right? I ban and delete them. Goodbye. See you later. I don't give a shit what you think. That's what you need to do. Don't care. And find clients that like what you're doing. Okay? Remember that. There's mean people out there, and they're using the dogs as an excuse. 
to spread their meanness. That's it. They don't give a shit about freaking dogs. And 50% of those people that spew this nonsense are freaking using the tools at home themselves. They just want to look like fucking heroes. That's all they're doing it for. Next. Uh, this one's from Holly as well. How far away would you suggest the leash be from someone running dogs with a bicycle to prevent neck issues or should just be a limited time? Running dogs. What? They're on a Hold on. They're riding a bike and the, the leash is on. I heal my dogs next to me on my bike. They're on a six-foot leash, but I don't want them too far. I want them to be healing right next to the wheel. Next. Um, I cannot pronounce this, and I don't want to slaughter it. That's um, Raquel. Oh, it is? Okay, yes. Raquel. Just say Raquel. Ask. Raquel, well, we love you. No. no. She says she loves us. Good. We love you too, Raquel. Yep. You don't want me trying to pronounce. Yep. Okay. Robin, there are instances that I'm on a walk, and something catches me off guard, and I don't react fast enough to advocate for my dog. I feel like this sets my training back. I hope to get better at that. Welcome to the club, Robin. Don't worry about it. Next. Oh, and then I see Raquel here. Yep. Okay. Susan, yep. for a dog that knows the out command, if they grab something they shouldn't have, should I say no and use a high-level command? Absolutely. Yep, it'll save your dog's life one day. Yep. Next one's from yep. Kurt. If someone sends their dog to you for training and they use different commands than you, use or heal on opposite side do you start fresh with your commands or do you cater to what the dog knows um, already we tried i mean we'll do german commands but like we're we're we're, we're if you want to heal your dog on the right yeah we can heal your dog on the right it it, it, it will be it'll take us a little bit of time to not time to figure out it ain't rocket science but our memory is doesn't always work that way like so we like to train the way we train but if you insist on put it this way most people heal their dogs on the right because they're right-handed and that's their stronger arm. Well, you don't need to use strength to train your dog, so heal the dog on your left. So why do you want to heal the dog on the right? Now, you can heal your dog on both sides. So one of my dogs, I used to do Foos and Block. Foos was left side, Block was right side. I healed it on both sides. But, you know, in using different languages, I'm like, I think sometimes people do it. I mean, I train my dogs in German. Um, I do it just because, uh, because, I, because I do. Um, they also understand English, and they understand just about any other word that I would give them. No matter what. if my dog was in front of me and I said "plots," they'll lie down. If I say "down," they'll lie down. If I say "pizza," they'll lie down. Do you know what I mean? Because I only teach my dog so many things. So, you know, with it within reason, we'll do it. For extreme, it's like no. If your dog's aggressive, no, you're going to train our way. So, if you've got an aggressive dog or a leash reactive dog, you're going to train the way we train. Why? Because who gives a shit about the freaking word? I'm not angry, guys, by the way. I'm just really passionate about this shit because I'm sick and tired of dogs dying. So it's like, let's forget about the word. It's like sort of like your dog's getting into dog fights and you're making it home-cooked meals. Okay? No. I mean, I feed the wrong diet, so I'm being a little bit hypocritical here. But it's like, stop worrying about the dog's food right now. Fix the behavioral issue. So, next. Mm, Pam. Yep. I use... It, uh, let me start again. I use out for get out of the room. Excellent. And since you say out for drop it, leave it, I've been trying it. I think she's confused and won't spit the ball out. Eight months old, should I change the command? If you want to change the command, you can. But you can also say out, use the remote collar. But if you want, because I can use out for also means get out of here. Get out of here. If a dog has a ball in its mouth and we're playing chuck it and I said out, my dogs aren't going to get out of the room. They're going to spit the dog out, ball out. My dogs have no ball, and I say out. They're like, there's nothing for them to spit out. But if you want to 
If you want to change, if you want to change to drop it, change it to drop it. If you want to make it any word you want, make up a word. Use it. it doesn't matter. It's a word. You can, you can, you know, anything, anything. I would switch out to who said that, Robin? Pam. 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 Your ex-partner. I don't know, ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, lover, whoever your ex is, use that word for the one who says get out of the room, right? Change that to the get out of the room command. Like, really? It's like, really, like, get the F out of the room. Use their name. And then to drop the volumes out. Try that one, too. It works really good. Next. Um, this one's from Xavier. Yep. Hello, Jeff. I have a four-month husky. When should I start using the e-collar and how do I use it? Xavier, how to use it is a one-hour Skype Skype session, you know, I've got videos on how to use it. What you're going to use it now is you need to get fit for contact points. All the guys, when you're getting remote collars, don't buy the craft ones. So we like e-collar technology, Dogtra are acceptable. Those are the only two that we would train on. Sport dogs run a little bit hot for us. We don't like those. For punishment, they're perfect. Garmin, they're hard for me to use, but I'm not anti, I'm not anti-sport dog. I'm not anti-Garmin. Um, I mean, not anti, um, uh, and I like Dogtra. I like um, e-collar technology. So you want to get the thick fur contact points. You want to use food at the beginning. We do all food training with the remotes. It's a training program. Remember, you don't want to just put a collar on a dog and push a button. They're not going to know what to do. So you have to, just, you have to understand how dogs learn and the cadence of their learning, especially for a 16-week-old dog, how, you know, how they learn. The last thing you want to be doing is just telling a dog what to do, and if it doesn't do it, pushing a button. That's the easiest way to fuck up a dog. The cool thing is that most people are not doing that. They are actually watching videos. So watch some of our videos. Next. Um, our pro. Did I yeah. say that right? Yeah. For some reason, I feel like it's not. No. Is there any downfall in regards to relationship if you board your dog during vacation or if you normally do daycare? No. No, your relationship with your dog is fine. No, especially daycare. Like, how's the relationship with your kids? They're, they're in school and you're in work all day. How's the relationship? It's what you do when you see them that builds the relationship, not what you do when you don't see them. So that's you're, you're humanizing it. You're humanizing it, right? So if you are if you go away for a week, does your, does your marriage suffer? And if it does, you fucking better work on that shit because that's not because you went away for a week. So, you know, no, it doesn't. No. Next. Uh, this one's from Keith. What's the best way to introduce a new puppy to an existing one? Also, for a seven-month lab spayed female, would you suggest a male or female? I would Thank you. I would suggest a male, and all depends on your older dog. Seven months old, too, I wait a little bit. Can you wait another five months before you get another dog? Try to wait. Try to wait another five months so that dog's a year old. Because you want to make sure that seven-month-old dog, let's get that dog trained up right. Let's make sure that dog has got a real, some really good training. It's well-socialized. Um, it all depends on the behavior of the dog and how many dogs it's been around um, and how well it is with puppies. So there's a lot of variables. Um, how would you socialize it by don't want, them to, don't want them to be best friends? That's for sure. Be like, oh, I want them to grow up and be best friends. It doesn't work that way. It's like college roommates. They fill out a fucking form, and it's like I, I actually went to college. I got kicked out of it, but I went there, and it's like this is back when you can smoke. I'm a non-smoker. I never smoked a cigarette in my life, and I'm like, I got a roommate that's a smoker. Like, you have to be kidding me. I even told you in my form I don't want to know. Like, it's like college roommates. You can't, like, become your best friend. Now, some people do. Some people hate their college roommates. I hated mine. So, and, and any of you guys are watching that, nothing personal. You were just assholes. But probably so was I. So, back when I used to drink. You got you to ease them into it slow. 
is something to it slow. The best thing is to advocate for that puppy. The worst thing you can do is to have that something bad happen to that puppy pre-14 weeks old. Um, and because then when and, and don't let your other dog pick on that dog, because that other dog one day is going to say, guess what? I'm big enough and strong enough to fight back now, and they're going to fight back. So be careful about certain behaviors that look cute, which might actually be harmful. Next. Um, this one's from Bentley's. I want to get an e-collar for my leech reactive dog, but I'm unsure of how to correct him when he gets hyped up. I don't want to use the collar incorrectly. Would you recommend a pet convincer instead? You can use a pet convincer, but the way you use a, 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 a remote collar, number one, we have videos on it. So educate yourself. We've got tons of videos. Other, My other colleagues have videos as well. You always, you're going to be correcting the dog before it gets aroused, before it gets aroused. So you're what you're doing is you're eliminating the arousal. So you know your dog's leech reactive. So we both know the narrative with your dog. Walking down the street with your dog, dog all of a sudden starts. First of all, you want to learn how to remote collar heal your dog. And then that's going to help you as well. And then what you're going to do is with the remote collar is, as soon as that dog starts getting a little bit aroused, ears up, chest out, maybe going from mouth closed, give that dog information that says, we're not going there. That's what the information is. And all the bullshit you hear online about like, oh, they don't have a negative association with you know, with other dogs. It already does. No, it won't. That's a lie. It's an outright blatant lie. Okay? It's like, no, it won't. Your dog already has a negative association. Every every badly behaved dog that's ever been in our place, everything from, like, leech reactivity to aggression to doesn't listen to commands to pushiness to snottiness to anxiety, they never had this equipment on. No. So none of that. So none of that stuff was created by how we train. So we get these dogs in like that already. So, but watch, watch your videos next. Guys, these are all like quick answers. Everybody's answer is an hour long. So just remember that. So I'm gonna do the best I can on this, next. This one's from Keith. Hi Jeff, what's your best advice for building confidence with my seven month old lab pit bull mix? Okay, the breed of the dog doesn't matter. I know you put it there, don't worry, I'm not angry or upset, but I'm saying the breed doesn't matter. How do you build the confidence of a seven month old dog? It's, it's the real question. Massive training, literally obedience training and holding the dog accountable will will build confidence. Cut down on your affection. Most people are creating anxious, nervous dogs. Almost every anxious, nervous dog I see was created by human. It was done through nurture and not through nature. Now, sure, genetics plays a big role in it. There's a lot of messed up dogs there that are, they had a rough shot right from the beginning. But we see really great turnarounds with confidence building through obedience commands with, with accountability. Real obedience commands, not just fake ones, not ones that are like, you know, you know, just, you know, sit and then, okay, great. Now you can go run off and do something. It's like, no, real. Like, you can, like, work your dog almost off leash or off leash. Um, get your dog into situations where it's uncomfortable and work the dog through. Find as many environmentals as you can. Always advocate your dog. Massive amounts of structure for your dog. Do agility with your dog. Do trick training with your dog. Next. Okay, next one's from Olivia. When I bring my dog in from peeing in the morning, she gets crazy and runs around the house at super speed. I put her in place until she is calm, but as soon as I release her, she is still crazy. Don't use, so first of all, um, um, what I want you to do is this. Dog should be on a leash then. Come in, don't use place as a punisher. That's what you're doing. You're using it as a timeout. I don't believe in timeouts for dogs. I absolutely don't believe in timeouts. I don't believe they work. Um, so we, we create dogs, but not bad dog going to crate. We place dogs, but not bad dog go to place. It's like place. Dog comes in in the morning. What do you want it to do? You want it to go to place? Have it go to place. 
teach it to come off quietly. What do you do? Keep a leash on the dog. So until your dog is under voice control, he needs to learn how to be calm in the house. You have one speed in the house, two speeds, I'm sorry, is doing nothing or slow. Leash on the dog, teach your dog. Next. Next one. This one's really special. It's from Donkey. Have you ever milked a cow blind, blindfold? Um, I've tried, but the blindfold keeps coming off the cow. Horses are a lot easier. We use a horse. You've seen it before. They're like a horse blinder. They use them sometimes for mosquitoes, keeping bugs out. We've done that with a horse before and a pig. Pigs are difficult. But doesn't the human wear, wear the blindfold? What? The human wears the blindfold. Oh. I don't know. Next. Um, this one's from oh, yeah. R-Pro. Yeah. How would you go about a dog who resource guards his crate and other dog who comes up and starts a fight? Told owner's first step is simple management, but what about next steps? Okay, so Arpo, if you're, if you're, it sounds like you're a trainer. I work with a shitload of trainers. If you're consulting, I would highly suggest you join my Patreon page. I'm not saying that to get money from you. Um, but what I'm saying is you're now you're charging clients for one of your services and you need help. But I'm more than, I'm more than willing to help for free, but it's a very, very specific protocol. And... What I tell people to do is invest in your craft, invest in your craft. So that's either going to be time, which you can set up a Skype with me or, you know, or, or financial, which is what I do for a living. Now, again, I'm not doing these to get do this, but it's very specific. I don't want to say something to you and then you pass off that to the client without giving you specifics. It's a multi-level. There's 20, 30 things that you need to do. And management is literally what, and we sometimes have to be managed. You have to learn how to apply a proper punisher though. So when you're working with aggressive dogs, I always recommend trainers don't work with aggressive dogs until you know how to work with aggressive dogs or else what's going to happen is our dogs end up dead. So, and you're going to end up bit clients going to end up bit. So you gotta be super careful, but you have to learn to apply proper punishments, dog, dog fighting dogs, dog, aggressive dogs. That's an art to work with. I help a lot of people with it. I'm more than happy to help you with it. But what, but what I would suggest you do though, if you want to do management now for the beginning, that's fine, but you have to learn how to properly, you know, get rid of it. And that's, this is not set up for that. This platform is not set up for that. Next. Okay. This one is from Pat. Yep. Huge. Thank you, Jeff, for all of your videos. I got an e-collar, learned how to use it from your videos awesome. and was able to stop fighting my dogs over food, awesome. toys, etc. Thank you for bringing us peace. Pat, bam, fist bump to you. I love you, Pat. That's why I do exactly what I'm doing just for that. And our pro, I want to help you. Don't get me wrong. Next. Jennifer. I've trained my husky off leash using your videos. Nice, awesome. Sweet. Double pat. Nice. I just lost it. Thomas, have you trained weenie dogs? Mine is a puppy under four months and is extremely stubborn and independent. Okay, so yes, I've trained dachshunds before. You have a 16 week old dog. It's not stubborn and independent, it's a 16 week old puppy. And you just have to figure out how to communicate with it. So yes, I've trained many 16-week-old puppies. The breed doesn't matter. It really, really doesn't matter. Maybe a Malinois matters. Other than that, it really doesn't matter. Some of your driver dogs, sure, that matters, but that's more based on drive than it is based on breed of the dog. So 16-week-old puppies or 16-week-old puppies, and yes, we train them all. The reason why it's stubborn is because you don't know, you don't know yet how to motivate that dog to do what you want. So everything we do is we use the dog's daily food, we do all clicker in food training, or we do marker in food training. We do lots of structure. The dog's always on a leash, except for when it's in the crate, because it doesn't know squat. Um, 
You should have huge amounts of structure. Everything should be planned. The whole day's schedule should be planned for that dog. No free roaming whatsoever. It earns every piece of kibble that it gets, and it's a lifestyle. Next. Um, Kathy, how do you provide structure for a group of dogs on an off-leash hike? Kathy, they all independently have to know what to do, and then you can put it with a group, and then you, they have to really know what to do because with a pack, it can go, it can go really bad. It can go really, really bad. So what we do is we off-leash train all dogs with remote cowers. Every dog on your hike can also have a remote cower. There's plenty of people, though, that are doing off-leash hikes with no remotes on dogs. Obviously, it can be done. Those are, like, a lot of those are dog owners, but most of them are dog trainers, but they've got a certain skill set. Um, what you're going to do is a lot of it's based on routine. Those, those dogs should know what recall means and what recall underneath, you know, intense distractions are. You want to make sure they, they know what recall underneath intense distractions are. So that's how we do it. We got another, we got another $9.99 yep. super, super, super question. Um, nope. I don't know you click on this. Scroll up. Get out of there. Click. Just click on the question. I'll do it right now. Steve, oh, okay, you got it. Go ahead, Steve. Yep. Jeff, thank you for the videos. They have been a great help to me and my dog. Awesome, Steve. Love you, buddy. Thank, thank you so you. much. That, there's a little dollar sign down there. Nobody's obligated to do that. People like to throw us money. Literally, that's our typical person that donates. They're like, thanks for all the free content. That's it. Literally, like, I don't even have a question. Thanks for the free content. You've helped me so much. Next. Um, donkey said, LOL. Cool. Oh, listen. On that note, on the Patreon page, I'm starting a private group. Um, uh, 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 so it's almost going to be like a, it's almost be like a YouTube live. Every week, I'll be doing that. Exclusive to only Patreon people. And actually... The technology, uh, the software I'm using, you can actually get up on the screen with me and you can actually ask a question and we go back and forth. That starts, and that's for only Patreon users. So patreon.com slash training, And it's going to be exclusive just for them. Right now, I'm opening it up to all my Patreon users. Pretty pretty soon, though, it's going to be at a certain level and higher. But right now, since it's brand new, like I do anything, it's like it's open to every all the Patreon users. Next. This one's from Olivia. Would, would keeping her on a leash when we have people over help with her high energy as well? Yes. By the way, thank you so much for being a great resource. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, if your dog's not underneath voice control, it should be on leash. Also, it should be in place the whole time people over. No free roaming. If you don't have good voice control over your dog, um, no free roaming. You can put your dog in a crate, lying down in a crate, though, not spinning around, not barking, not sitting up. Lie down and mind your own business. We already went outside and played. So do that next. Um, next one's from Pep. Are you going to have T3 next year too? Yeah, yeah. We're on 32, 33 of them. Yeah, we do. Oh, sorry, I'm itching my nose. Um, I know. Um, there's one scheduled for February in Chatsworth, California, and then we'll do um, we do three a year. Two in Providence, Rhode Island. One in Chatsworth. Next. You not have another one before February? Yeah, in Providence in October. He said next year. Oh, oh, oh. oh okay. Yeah, he said next year. Um, Nicole. Have three dogs with behavior issues. Two are fourteen-month-old ACD sisters. Yep. One is deaf. I'm getting prong collars and would love three e collars, but not in budget. Could I get one e collar for deaf deaf dog? Tips for training deaf. Yeah, dog? what you want to do is this, Nicole. Get the get the the nine hundred. If you're going to get e collar technologies, get the nine hundred series e collar. You can start out with a one dog. You can add two more receivers to it. Two more neck pieces. Absolutely, do it with the neck. The um, um, do it with a deaf dog. Tips. Again, that's a really long conversation. It's not set up for this. 
we do all food training. So we do remote collar training with food, incorporate hand signals. Everything's done on a leash. And um, uh, that's how we start deaf dogs with. And But I, I actually do it with verbal too because, I, because I, we like, I like to give the proper marker. And, you know, anyone that's against remote collars, that's fine. But with a deaf dog, I always say, your dog's, the deaf dog's running away. How do you get its attention? It's the first thing I say. How do you get its attention? And it's off leash. You can't get its attention. It's off leash. It's facing the other way. Remote collar is great. Remote collars are great. Next. For all dogs. Next. Next one is from Debbie. Hey, Debbie. Is it possible to properly socialize a large dog that has mostly grown up in a shelter, two-year-old male pit that's been there 18 months? I'd like to foster him and help him become more adoptable. Yeah, absolutely. But it all depends on your skills. Everything is, everything is, yes, the dog has a lot to do with it, but the skill set of the human has even more to do with it. It's an art. It's an art. That doesn't mean you can't do it. You can't learn it. Many people on this page are, freaking, are kicking ass with their dogs. There's many trainers that can't do it. So um, there's an art to doing it. Socializing is uh, something that we do a lot of. We talk about a lot of it. We want to get the dog to exist around other dogs. But I don't bring dogs to dog parks. So we don't need your dog to be able to be happy with every dog. We need your dog to be able to go into a home possibly with other dogs and be able to understand how dogs communicate and what the boundaries are. Next. But yes, it's possible. We do it all the time. This Next. one's from Kurt. Hey, Kurt. Dog's recall is great around people and dogs, except when it's on an animal scent. I need to tap e-collar at working level for recall. Do I need e need to e-collar correct rather than working level? Kurt, buddy, you just answered your own question. Okay, so right now, so when Linda and I are at dinner, and um, obviously I she orders first because that's just how I roll. I'm like, Linda, what would you like to drink? Linda, this is my voice. Hey, Linda, what would you like to drink? And um, she, you know. She'll, she does that. She'll tell the waiter waitress what she wants to drink. Um, if we were in a bar where it was really loud, right, I can't say, what would you like to drink? Especially if she's across the room. I probably would text her, actually, you know? So, um, and she was on vibrate mode and the, the, the phone's in the pocket because that's how she rolls. But, you know, I would have to yell. The cool thing about the remote collar is it yells for us. So, yes, dial up. Dial up. Next. <clears throat> Our pro says, thanks, I appreciate it. I will look into the Patreon page. I have a really good idea of what I would do, but always like learning and hearing different opinions and protocols from great trainers. Awesome, awesome. So Our pro, go with your instinct, but again, be super careful. So if you've got experience with, with, uh, with aggression, just always be careful. Even us, we're still careful. We're still super careful with aggression. We take it really slow. We eliminate it right off the bat. So we do a, an immediate punisher. And then we and then we build the dogs back up. When it comes to dog aggression, we don't mess around. We don't mess around. Just be super careful. And I'm not trying to blow you off either. Next. Uh, Thomas says, my three dogs whine horribly while I prepare their food raw to feed them. I feed them one at a time. All right. Thomas. And you end up feeding them. And this is the thing. Dogs are whining, right? The dogs are whining. And then what happens within three to five minutes? What happens? They get to eat. Right? Best reward in the world. That's how we train behaviors. We train what we want with reward. So food, physical touch, verbal praise, toy, right? I'll go, if my dog's allowed to go swimming, that's a reward, right? So those are all rewards. So think about it. Dog's whining, food, food shows up. Dog learns by whining, they get food. So what do you do? Stop the whining. How do you do that? 
bonker. Yep, you can actually bonk to the dog. What, like, like, it's not gonna be afraid of like getting fed. Trust me. Um, uh, you can use remote, you can use remote collar. Um, use a remote collar, and the dog will that, that stops that stops as well. Um, that's what we do. That's what I would do. If my dogs were whining before I fed them, please, you gotta be kidding me. Have that attitude. It's like your kids. It's like, I don't know if you have kids or not, but I got kids. It's like, if Angela was whining for something, he ain't getting it. He's getting the opposite of it. It's like, and no, I wouldn't withhold food from my dogs because I would stop the whining. If my dogs wouldn't stop whining, epic. Food's going back in the fridge. You guys can freaking eat tomorrow. We'll try this again. But it wouldn't, but it wouldn't take that long. But that is the philosophy that I would do. Like, if you're not going to stop that behavior, I'm not going to feed you. But I don't like, but you have to take an active part in it. Do you know what I mean? It's not gonna, don't wait them out. And don't just say quiet without a consequence. Because they'll, they'll shut up and then they'll stop whining again. All right, next. We got, we got top live, top chat. I don't know what to call them. Top chat. How about really, really nice people? Awesome. And no, I shouldn't say that because everybody's really nice on here. Yeah. Okay, that's anyway, from, that's this from, one's from Good Pop it's, Wellesley. It's from Hillary. I next. know, it's from okay, Hillary. Next. I'm reading it. Okay. T3 and everything I'm learning connected to it has been life-changing. Thank you so much for all your content. Unpaid, paid, whatever. Awesome. Thanks, Hillary. And Hillary's killing it. Next. Isn't she though? Yep. Okay. Um, Spinisper. Yep. <coughs> How do you feel about kenneling, crating two dogs together? Not something I practice, but I know many people do. I've done it. Back when I had Autumn and Big Mama, they shared a kennel for years. Years. A few years. A few years. Yeah, for a few years. You know, um, I mean, I wouldn't feed dogs in the same crate. Um, I wouldn't let them have probably crate uh, toys in the same crate. Um, Autumn ate outside the crate. Yeah, Autumn ate. Yeah, but they ate 30 seconds. That was the thing we pulled out of the crate. You, need. Um, uh, you know, depends on the behavior of the dogs. Our chihuahuas live together. Yeah, our chihuahuas sleep together. And they, say they live together in the same crate. They're in there a lot. Um, I would, I would, um, so given the two dogs falling asleep on a dog bed, all depends on the behavior of the dogs, right? If you got a balanced dog, who gives a shit? Put three of them in there, you know, it saves space. If you got a dog that you're struggling with, separate is better. Next. Melissa. Hey, Melissa. Dog is transitioning with a new baby in the house. He is a little anxious. Will moving the crate from the position it has been for the last year create more anxiety? Um... No, not stopping, not baby-proofing the dog will create more anxiety. So we got really strict protocols um, as a father of seven, and as someone who takes baby-proofing very, very seriously, and working with a lot of families and a lot of family dogs, um, you know, I take I take it really, really seriously. Just make sure it's not work. work. Um, I take it really seriously. So stopping the anxiety, you actually stop the anxiety. So leave the crate where it is. Teach the dog how to make sure it lies down in the crate, so no spinning around, no sitting up. Um, if you want to teach it head down, you can teach it head down. So if it's up and panting, just to put its head down, hold, hold the dog accountable for a lot, a lot of things. Don't give the dog, don't feel like all of a sudden you've got to give the dog, oh, well, the baby's getting an infection. Now we got to give the dog affection. No, don't do that. It's like, sorry, you're not going to get your attention anymore, dog, unfortunately. I'm trying to, obviously, you still got to exercise the dog, still got to train the dog, still got to work your dog, but the baby is going to be taking over. That's just the way it is. You can involve the dog in a lot of stuff. Um, and then also be careful about bite. So your baby and your dog don't have to meet. They can exist in the same room. Don't feel like they've got to meet right away. Next. Um, one, here's one from Thomas. Hey, Thomas. 
my girlfriend's grandma has a senior dog that she says is untrainable. I want to convince her otherwise. Thomas? Is food aggressive and touch aggressive, allows free feeding. Okay. Thomas, stay out of it. Let grandma think that the dog can't be changed. All right? But can it be changed? Yes, it can. But don't do it to prove her wrong. You do it so she doesn't get freaking sued. That's why you do it. You do it so nobody gets bit. That's why you do it. But turn grandma on to not just my channel, anybody's channel. But yes, it can be changed. If the dog is breathing, it can be changed. If it's not breathing, it will be doing downstay really well. All right, next. Why? It's not doing a downstay. It's called being dead. That's a downstay. It ain't moving. It's down, it's lying down dead. And it's staying there. And it's staying there. That's called a downstay. Being dead is this the secondary factor. Or the first factor. Next. Oh, the dog looks so peaceful. No, it doesn't. It's dead. Like, you could have a peaceful dog that's dead. Oh, it looks so peaceful. It looks so content. No, it's dead. Go. Next. Um, this one's from, I hope I didn't miss one. Scott. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Jeremy. Dear. Jeremy, one-year-old puppy still having teething-like behaviors. Okay. Jeremy, uh, you might be new, but I'm going to hold you. I'm going to call you on your stuff. You ain't got no puppy anymore. You got yourself a dog. Dog's not teething anymore. Dog's doing bad behavior. So I'd stop that, and I'd stop it today. So what you want to do is get yourself a bonker. Bonker. It's a towel. There's nothing in the middle. It's literally a wrapped up towel. Two number 64 elastics. All right? So what is this? About 15 inches? Oh, no. I'm sorry. It's 12 inches. I'm going to do it right. We always, like, make <laughs> we always make things bigger, right? Right? And I don't, I'll set you straight. Yeah. Though. It's like, no, Jeff. <laughs> That's like five and a half inches. So you know, we all think it's this big, but it's usually like that big, right? So... What I want you, what I want you to do, what I want you to do is this: is that dog puts his mouth on you? No, bone. Yep. Stop it today, literally. So if that dog came to our boarding train, it's not because we break. You know, if this is not an ego-based statement. That dog would never be allowed to put his teeth on us ever. We can't have dogs putting teeth on humans. We just can't. So you can stop it today. It's not teething. Don't tell that story anymore. It just and you're not a bad dog owner. Trust me, you didn't do anything wrong. You just didn't have the information. That's why you came here. So, but I want you to know that it's not teething. It's that's just inappropriate use of its mouth. Boom. Got it. Got it. Next. This one's from Scott. Scott. Yep. Jeff, love your channel. How do you feel about an invisible fence for dogs? I have a new Belgian Malinois. No. So I am not against. I am not against invisible fence whatsoever at all. I don't like dogs unsupervised. I would not want my male. On, on outside, in depending on an invisible fence. Number one, your male can blow through it. Dog Malinois blow through the strongest corrections there is. They just do. Um, we also have a lot of pities that also do that. Every once in a while, I'll meet a shepherd or a Rodney that will. But we have males. They work at high, high thresholds. And if you've got a male, damn, you got you work cut out for you. Um, it's a high drive dog. It'd be a challenging dog. It's not for everybody. So I wouldn't want my mail out on that yard. Number one, it doesn't keep things from coming in. People, 
dogs, also your dog, that dog has probably so much prey drive, it will blow right through it. Next. Um, Pam, head down would be super, you know, a super command in my situation in the kennel collar. Why can't I? Um, we don't have any videos on head down. Other people do though. Dogs by us, dogs with us organically put their head down because we just reinforce duration work so much. We do so much duration work that the dogs just go into a relaxed state. So you can do that. Now, if the dog's head is up and it's in a down, the dog's in a down, but its head is up, you actually use the remote collar. And we and, and I do this in my seminars all the time. We do the training center. Use the remote collar. You can tap on the collar until the dog's head goes down. It actually works really great. Next. Um, good pup Wellesley says, yup, downstay. Be healed dog training, the ultimate downstay. Uh, Deb says, you married him, Linda, LOL. Yep. Um, yeah, but I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, Robin. Hey, back then in the day, please, Linda, things were out of control with us. Back in the day? Things were out of control? Like in a really good way. Oh, oh okay. okay. please, don't let this, just all remember, I met Linda in a fetish club. Let's scale this. Let's all scale this. Let's all put this in scale how I met this woman, okay? That should tell you enough. So don't be like, don't let this fool you. Oh, <laughs> just made me say that word now. You <laughs> made me. Uh, Robin, we did the unthinkable. We raised our raising a baby and pup. Our dog was five months old when baby was born, but we were strict, worked incredibly hard, and now the dog is amazing with the baby. Awesome. And then also, next, we will be teaching the baby the rules around the dog to be gentle, give space, yeah. etc. Don't be in a rush. Angelo didn't pet a dog in my house till he was eight months old. He was around dogs from 48 hours old. Literally around dogs. Literally within feet of dogs. For the first eight months of his life, he didn't touch a dog until he was eight months old, until Angelo knew what the word no meant. He was crawling on the floor, and I told him, he was getting close to a dog that was in place, and I told him, I said, Angelo, no. And Angelo stopped and then sat up, or maybe he didn't even sit up by, by then. He was probably sitting up at eight months old, right? He was, but he would pivot he right would, around. He would pivot around, and then I said, bingo, now you can meet a dog. And I picked him up in my lap, and I called Girl Over, who's very social, and Angelo Petter. But if you see my kids around dogs now, they ignore them. They literally ignore them. Angelo, we have videos of Angelo around 20 dogs when he was walking. Year and a half, two years old, walking around dogs. And he literally had the attitude of, get the F out of my way, you dogs. And guess what they did? They moved out of his way. And guess what he did? He thought he could do it. He'd walk through crowds of dogs. All of them, like he'd be grunting. It's really funny videos. They're just grunting. Dogs would be moving like big, huge dogs. Like we always have big dogs around us. They'd, be, they'd move out of his way because he wanted to like go like from point A to point B and the dogs just happened to be in his way. He's never allowed to go. If a dog was lying down, he has to go around. But if a dog is standing up, he, put, he just keeps going. And they all and all the dogs are just trained to give him space. Even client dogs were. Next. Oh, His so grunts were hilarious. Next. Um, Jeremy says it's, it's, it's an hour and four minutes into the show. I know. I really have to go. We got to go. 
Okay. Okay. All right. All right, guys. I'm sorry. We got to go. Joelle's not here tonight. Um, it's an hour. Linda's got her own show at 9 o'clock. Mm -hmm. um, LindaGelman.com. All the information's on there. You know, she does all makeup. Um, and she just chit chat, grab yourself a glass of wine, grab yourself a glass of water if you're sober. Um, and uh, they should go to lindagelman.com, but they're not going to see me live like that. How do they see you live? They got to go to my main, my personal Facebook page, which they can get from lindagelman.com. I hope maybe, I or hope they so. could just go to Facebook and go to Linda Tresca Gelman. We would do that too. You have a link though on your, on your website, maybe you, you should. If you don't, it might not be so all right, long. guys. Jeff Gelman, madly in love with you. Thank you, everybody, on YouTube Live. Don't forget Patreon. We're doing a new live thing. It's for special for Patreon folks. Where we'll be able to actually, I can pop you up on the screen. Um, and uh, thank you for everybody on Spotify and SoundCloud and on iTunes and on Google. And I appreciate it. Madly love with all of you. Take care.